Would you like to do the intro this time? I would love to. Welcome to Two Wizards and a Mic. And I am Andrew, and this is Shane. And we talk about things. We have a conversation. There's no cheese. We just sit back and have a conversation. There's no formula. And today we're talking about, we're going to start talking about races in D&D, which That's are right. not actually races. It's a poor cho choice of a word, but it's a word from the beginning of D&D. And actually the different species that you can be in the game, we're going to begin with the human and the elf and versions of the elf. And so we'll uh, we'll talk about both of those tonight. Yes, we shall. And don't forget, today's episode is, of course, sponsored by Kaywood Publishing, a maker of fine books everywhere or stuff. You can buy them. Just search for them. It'd be great. Um, actually, I have a funny story about uh, about the whole uh, race thing, about uh, when I first started playing D&D as a kid. Mm -hmm. And it was I always, because I don't know if this was because of the people I played with, because I don't remember off the top of my head, if you could actually have, uh, it was like the half elf, but I had a, um, I guess I guess it always, it always has been that way. Now, now I've said it out loud, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of been that way. A half tiefling, maybe. A half? But anyway, uh, every character I played was always a half elf, like every single time. Uh, because I wanted to be able to be a fighter, but also be able to cast spells and things like that. Right. And it was always my default go-to. As an adult, it's like you kind of want to get more creative and actually choose. You know, it's like, oh, it would be interesting if I could, you know, it's like in Skyrim. Certain different species will be able to resist certain things or have yeah. more abilities to certain things. And humans, of course, are always kind of that sort of middle ground where uh, they have their own sort of bonuses and that sort of thing. But um, did you play any, what was your favorite species back in the day, like when you first started playing? Uh, well, I mentioned the other one of our other episodes that I started with the incredibly creative choice. I went with a human neutral fighter. And... Every single time. <laughs> Sorry. Every character was a human who was yeah. neutral and a fighter. <laughs> well, I actually because I didn't I DM I started DMing pretty soon. So, but the, when I first started playing for you know, several months for sure. I was the human Talon fighter. And um, yeah, at the beginning, it was quite simple. And I think, you know, we can start talking about humans quickly because I think it's fairly straightforward. Um, and again, it is funny, I think, in the new player's handbook that it goes on and on about humans, where in first edition, there's just a really short little little you know a few sentences that you're human we're humans you you could probably figure it out <laughs> exactly um, exactly so you know we have a lot of famous human heroes obviously um the lord of the rings ones come to mind like aragorn um even gandalf although gandalf is not actually human he's in a human form um he's actually in sort of an angel creature um incredibly powerful he doesn't actually show all his powers in in the story um then of course you have star wars with um luke and han solo and princess leia um obi-wan kenobi um and then of course indiana jones from that same sort of time period um 
more recently, like Malcolm Reynolds from um, Firefly, who who I think is quite similar to Han Solo, although I think it's different because he was a soldier. I think he might even have been an officer in the in the military. Yeah, I think that's right. Right? Wasn't he an officer? Yeah, he was. I think he was a uh, a captain. A captain. Yeah, like, which hence yeah. why he became one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I, but I think he's pretty similar to Han Solo, that archetype. Um, and then you've got Harry Dresden from the Dresden series, which is quite similar to D&D about a, a wizard in our time. Um, of course, Conan, real old school hero. Um, you've got Buffy, uh, Lara Croft, um, Robin Hood, get, again, going back in folklore. Um, even uh, Ripley from Alien. I, some of my favorite world building ever is in the Alien series, especially at the beginning. Um, and then we've got Neo, a kind of a new modern science fiction type hero. All of those are many kinds of, uh, they incorporate many kinds of archetypes in the human heroes. Yeah. And, um, you know, my favorites definitely would be um, Aragorn, Obi-Wan, those warriors who, who, um, who are, you know, the heroic warrior, basically, who will, the kind of patient warrior too, you know? Yeah, yeah. The one who will, won't use their sword unless they need to use their sword or their, their lightsaber. One, one of the cool things about uh, the list that you've put together, like of these particular types of characters, mm -hmm. um, is it reminds me of uh, all of those, uh, what alignment do you want to be? And, and there's ones for Star Wars and there's ones for Firefly and there's ones for Star Trek and, and yeah. all those kinds of things. And I, I always find those helpful because if you know that style of character, uh, those are just kind of little reminders about, oh yeah, that kind of character. Okay, he's represented as being like neutral good. Okay, well, that's a character I want to actually have. And, you know, if you want to be a rogue, you can look up, you know, all kinds of, there's all kinds of fantasy things where they break them down into those kinds mm -hmm. of D, D sort of categories and and i always find it really helpful to kind of go what kind of character do i want to play what kind of alignment should i be and it actually helps you kind of go oh yeah that would actually work for an elf or that would actually work for a human or that would work for you know whatever other species you pick and yeah. uh, it's kind of cool that way because i think people forget at least i do every once in a while i catch myself kind of not realizing that choosing a human over an elf it could be have you know benefits for the adventure that in theory i'm going to be going on especially yeah. if your character has died and you have to pick a new one it's like i died to this oh but if i was a human i might have actually resisted that better so mm -hmm. those kinds of decisions can come into play at least for me yeah it's a good point i mean i think that's why um alignment the idea of taking alignment out of the game for me, it doesn't really make much sense because it is tying into pure archetypes that are in our world and in our storytelling that yeah. you cannot get rid of. There will always be those archetypes of the hero, of the mother, of the father, of the dark knight, of the, and that's that's a dark knight in terms of light, right? Yeah. So, and the alignments tie into those so succinctly. For example, like you say in Star Wars, very clearly, I think Luke is lawful good and Han is chaotic good. Yeah. You know, that that's the difference right there. Um, and I'd say probably Lando is chaotic neutral. He's, I think, a good example of chaotic neutral. Um, lawful neutral is a bit harder because they are 
So they're not they're not good, they're not evil, but they go by the rules sort of regardless. Um, that's a hard one. Like I think Captain Kirk again, Captain Kirk is probably chaotic good. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones, probably chaotic good too, I would say. I it's agree. hard to find a lawful neutral especially because they're not they're not considered cool um yeah i wouldn't say any of those are lawful neutral that i could think of um yeah there's we'll usually a lot of the chaotic ones are usually the ones that are popular yeah i mean the most popular i mean that's the thing right is that also when you have a when you have picking a character there's also the dm might actually have rules about you can't play a certain particular type because it it'll either clash with with you know what the adventure is supposed to be about or mm -hmm. maybe the story is about you i, I played a, uh, a game ages and ages ago where the goal was to actually become an angel and you had to sort of strive to get there and uh there were the little tiny basically the the dm would put tests in in the way where mm -hmm. if your character didn't you know embody the sort of you know angelic kind of decisions that mm -hmm. you would eventually uh i think what did we have i think we got thrown into like a uh like a subplane of, of quicksand or something there was some sort of thing mm -hmm. where you had to try to escape from and and that was kind of cool but but i think sort of um lawful it was lawful neutral or lawful mm -hmm. good you were thinking of just a moment ago. lawful neutral is a harder one to to peg especially in terms of pop culture or adventures because i would kind of go necessarily they, they don't go against the grain right and yeah the so. the lawful neutrals i've seen usually feature aunt beru in star wars world or uncle owen as being like the you know we're we're playing by the rules uh yeah, yeah. we're staying out of it if you want to talk yeah, about that's it good... we'll talk about it but yeah those are good examples that's true yeah that's that's right yeah um so so yeah humans lots of choices um do you do you have a favorite hero out of from, from that list or from another list or well i well i do as a matter of fact i mean my favorites would definitely be like let's say the top 5 would be Han Solo, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah, you, know, you always mm. have to have Kirk. Um, uh, Malcolm Reynolds. I mean, it also depends if I decide to be a, a human character, then then that goes into uh, what sort of uh, uh, class you want to be. And and so if I wanted to have like a, uh, a barbarian character, I might decide, hey, I'm going to actually, I want to be like, I want to create Conan. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember every so often I've looked up like, what is a character sheet for Conan? And then you see the like, hundreds of them out there where they've kind of taken, okay, well, what's Conan like? And here's all the things, here's his stats. So definitely of those five, if I wanted to be like the Firefly Adventure, or sorry, not the, the Dragonfly Adventure, oh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, that kind of Malcolm Reynolds character, I could totally build a sheet on that one. And But then there's all of the other characters, like what kind of, would this person be a different species? Would this person be... I mean, it kind of gets all very cool, but definitely out of all of them, I would say Captain Kirk would be the number one mm -hmm. in my sort of favorite list. Hmm. Yeah, he's a big favorite of mine. And I think I say, again, Aragorn and Obi-Wan because I like the monk-like qualities mm -hmm. of both of them. Um, yeah, and they're both loners, uh, Obi-Wan and Aragorn. 
Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a pattern there, I think. There are some similarities. Um, so in fifth edition, uh, the features for human is that you get to add one to every single ability score, which is pretty sweet. Uh, probably one of the reasons that it is still the most popular race to choose in D&D is the human. Um, so they're medium size, which means basically, you know, five feet to seven feet, pretty much. Um, regular speed, they speak common plus one other language. Um, there is a there's some variance, so you can have feats instead of your ability score improvement, which um, come later on. Um, and some people start with a feat as well. There's also, instead of adding two to your ability scores in ability score improvement, you could choose to have one on one ability and another on another ability. And you can also choose to have a skill every ability score improvement instead of the points for your scores. Um, pros and cons, I'd say, well, humans, again, they're pretty relatable because we're human. And they're straightforward in terms of an overall kind of, because we know them well. Um, and it, I think because, again, of their shorter lifetimes, they're considered to be quite their attempt to be quite prolific and productive because they don't have all those years like gnomes and dwarves and elves to live their lives. What do you no, think in terms right. of pros and cons for a human character? Um, I think of the, I would say, well, I mean, the pros right off the bat are the ability scores like day one, you start the character and it's suddenly, Oh, all right. So I'm a little more powerful yeah. with that right out of the gate. Um, I think primarily the con I always come up with is as a player, you kind of want to get away from being yourself. And so I mm -hmm. kind of, once in a while, I kind of think of, I can't be a human because I'm a human all day long. So why would I bother? Um, but I think that kind of leaves a few cards on the table, depending on your perspective of what sort of uh, species you want to be. Um, and that would be, I mean, other than that, I can't think of any other cons other than just trying to be creative with, with playing a, in, in a role-playing game. Right. Um, they're not particularly, they're, they're I mean, it's kind of like they're neutral. They're in the middle of the road because then you have yeah. other species to one side who are going to be stronger. They might have better abilities for spell casting as they level up and then vice versa. You're going to have other characters that, I mean, the one thing that actually uh, that you play very well in your games is if you're a particular species that is not native to that area, mm -hmm. you actually have the NPCs go, hey, everyone, how's it? Whoa, what is this thing? You know, because they've never probably seen it before uh, mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, things like Goliaths are human like, even though they're sizable, but. Right. I don't think they'd be as scary as say, I don't know, a dragonborn where there's been never a dragonborn ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Did I say dragonborn? What did I actually mean? Is that what they're called? <laughs> is my Skyrim knowledge sort of? No, no, there are dragonborn D &D? in, uh, in uh, fifth edition. Yeah. But, yeah. That, but yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah. I think that's a good point. It, it does. I think it pushes you to be a little more creative with your role playing. If you're, if you are playing a human, I think sometimes. Um, um, because you're like, let's do something interesting because it doesn't have the flash of some of the other races. Um, so far, I've played a human monk 
very briefly. Um, and he was like somebody who would sacrifice everything for the party and the greater good. Again, a kind of like Obi-Wan Aragorn character. And then I played a rogue who was quite different, who had a lot of attitude and um, I really enjoy playing the rogue. Like, I think if you play a rogue well, you can last a long time because you can deal a lot of damage and you can get out of the way of trouble. You can get out of the com, you can move around in the combat really well to get out of trouble. Yeah, rogues are, I think rogues are one of the better classes for those people who like maxing out their ability, like their abilities and their features and everything. Well, especially when you have that, uh, the ability to, uh, what's it called? The, um, I've actually don't think I've ever played a rogue or at least I haven't played one recently. Uh, the, uh, the secondary attack, the, the backstab sneak thing, attack, sneak attack. Oh yeah. Uh, sneak attack is incredibly powerful. Like uh, I think when you've played it, but when some other people we've played with have done it, uh, a lot of the time it's like, okay, and I'm going to do a sneak attack, 700 damage. Okay. We've killed off that character like yeah. completely out of nowhere. It's like, Oh yeah. Ha! You can do it at range too. Like it's yeah. I think you can do it. You can do it at range. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, have you you haven't played actually that many humans in our have you played any humans in our campaigns? Oh Raven was uh, wasn't Raven was Ra a human. Raven was a human. He actually, was kind I think of a Conan right. I think that's the only -like human character. I've actually done. Yeah, he was very much like a Conan. Yeah, uh, you know, the the black sort of flowing hair kind of thing. Yes. And he, maybe, and he died. He died like a chump. <laughs> yeah. He got killed by goblins, if I remember. Yeah, we were like in a forest trying to i think we were tra traversing a log I, there was some sort of log yeah. involved and 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 yeah yeah you got ambushed we by thumped. a whole horde of goblins and he went down wasn't he more fabio than Conan? It, was, it was like fab yeah actually yeah. yeah well that's what i mean by that sort of flowing hair but fabio definitely right <laughs> he was a very he was a pretty boy um and i'm kind of happy he died early because it's like uh, he's a wimp yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those kinds of things. I mean, it, it is it forces you to if you decide to play human. I think that for me is definitely it. it it's that that con of you're human all day and you're kind of playing a human in the game. But the other half of it is you really are going to be challenged to make it unique and to actually have that sort of life to that character without just kind of brushing it off. As a, I always find that it, it, people assume that you're a human in, in these games a lot of the time and. And, but you're right. I haven't played that many, so maybe no. I should play a few more because I do. <laughs> I do often forget about the ability scores, like right at the beginning. So right, yeah, um, yeah. All right. So humans, pretty straightforward, I think. Um, lots of choice, obviously. Elves. So a very iconic uh, part of Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy. And a lot of people don't understand that elves actually began not with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and Tolkien but way back in Europe, and they were not these humanoid elves that were fairly tall and had civilizations and had bows. And um, they, they actually were more like house elves or, or dark versions of house elves in Harry Potter. Yeah. That's what the elves were. And more like, and fa very fairy, more like fairies, right? So elves have really exactly. changed over the, yeah, elves have changed over the years. Uh, classic elves, 
include the more modern versions of Legolas, Galadriel, um, Elrond, Arwen, Thranduil, all from all from Tolkien. Um, my favorite definitely is Galadriel. And again, I know I notice a pattern of me liking the kind of more monk-like solitary. <laughs> I, I have a feeling actually that introverts like elves quite a lot. I would agree. I mean, my favorite elf of all time would be um oh my lord, what's his name? The the lead half elf in uh in Dragonlance. Oh, good lord. What oh, is his name? Is it Tannis, I think? Tannis. Tannis, right? the ha yeah. half heaven. Yeah. Yeah. That was sort of my. I mean, I played elves before, but I never, as a kid, you don't quite get the nuances of different sort of uh, species and races and things like that a lot of the time. So the. But when I started reading those novels and then started playing the, the modules that were that sort of stemmed off from those, um, that definitely made me think about oh well he's a half elf oh i'm going back to being a half elf it's great in a different universe yay but it always stuck with me like every time i think of elves i either think of lord of the rings or mm -hmm. i think of of dragonlance just because mm -hmm. they were somewhat unique in that like he was that sort of i seem to recall he was like the bastard child and and they weren't necessarily well thought of and and uh then you had um the elves of that world that were very much that sort of high elf kind of thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, the actually, Colin, yeah, they, you actually have it. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I just saw the word. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's them there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they definitely had um, the, the, the writers of the, of that particular storyline definitely spent a bit of time going, okay, well, we're going to write another fantasy novel series. We got to make it different because it's mm -hmm. just going to be the same thing again. And and they did. I think they did a, a reputable job for keeping it, you know, familiar, but not entirely uh, the same. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think sometimes, again, people forget this again, this archetype um, foundation that we don't get away from. So there is an archetype yeah. of an elf. And yes, you can change things and tweak things, but the archetype's still going to be there. I've heard yeah. some people say, oh, you can't take Tolkien's elves and put them wherever you want. Um, yeah, I, I think you can, um, because a lot of those qualities of those elves, could you could have them as more of a personal thing. It doesn't have to be so public. Um, their beliefs and that sort of thing, it, you, could, you could change that easily. Um, and many people have been playing for years and years in Dungeons and Dragons with elves and enjoying it in many different kinds of worlds. So, yeah. um, so let's look, we'll just break down the base, a whole bunch of elf categories quickly here. So high elves, basically there's two kinds of high elves. There are the kind that are more distant, uh, aloof, more, again, more Tolkien elves. Um, and then you've got the more sociable ones that are, really connected into the world deeply so the high elves in um forgotten realms would be the moon elves uh the qualinesti we just talked about in dragonlance um the gray elves and the valley elves in greyhawk and in our world of mir the silver elves so the ones who are right. more social the social version the ones who are more connected to other races you would have the gray elves 
Oh, sorry. Um, let me just check here. Yeah, the you would have <clears throat> actually the more sociable sociable ones would be um, the silver elves in our world of Mir, uh, the Sylvanesti in Dragonlance, and the Sun Elves in Forgotten Realms. Um, yeah, and actually the the Grey Elves and Valley Elves and Greyhawk would be the most sociable ones. That was my mistake. Because Greyhawk is quite a diverse world with a lot of these races working together. Like, for example, in Greyhawk, some of the kingdoms have armies that are made up of elves, dwarves, gnomes, halflings all together, working together. Sort of like, exactly like the dwarves and the elves in Tolkien at times. So, and then you have wood elves. In Greyhawk, that would be the wild elves and, the, and, uh, and what you call wood elves. In um, the world of Mir, we call them forest elves, and in Dragonlands, the Kaganesti. And then you have the Drow, who I wouldn't personally uh, use for player characters because we don't have evil characters in our campaign, but there's many different kinds of tables. Some people play Drow. The dark elves who live in the underworld, also known that as the underdark. That would be really hard. Like, I, yeah. I always just picture a Drow, like if you were to play one as a player, uh what what would you do aside from you know stab 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 you've stabbed all the other people in the party like what's like yeah and they're true, supposed to be evil yeah yeah exactly true true drow are chaotic evil uh, i don't think the neutral evil works very well i think neutral evil they're supposed to be in fifth edition i think chaotic evil like they originally were makes more sense because the underworld is kind of a sort of a disaster down there sometimes. Um, so yeah, there's drow. And then of course, half elves. And um, I know a lot of people in 5e play half elves because they want to have some human, but they want to see in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, to be honest, there are a lot of times where I pick a race that has dark vision, like just because I want to, I don't screw torches, but you know what's really funny is that when you're playing with, you know, a bunch of people, mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody who requires a torch. And then the yeah. moment they light it, it's like, oh, well, I may as well just pull out a torch now, too, because I'm exactly. screwed. I can't see a darn thing. Exactly. <laughs> and it's only a certain distance, right? A lot of people will have their characters just seeing everywhere in the dark and you can't see color and you can only see a certain distance. All right. So it features of all these elves is they live over 700, except for half elves. They live over up to over 700 years. Uh, they can see in the dark to a certain degree. Um, they get a bonus to their dexterity, plus two, which is really sweet. Um, they're generally chaotic good. Uh, they're usually about five feet to just over six feet tall, and they're very slender. And they have proficiency in, per, uh, in perception, every, every elf, which is really useful. And um, they have advantage against being charmed or put to sleep by magic, which some people say uh, it's a throwaway thing, but I think it's actually it's pretty useful personally. Well, sleep um, is like an uh, is like that sort of underdog spell is when I've sort of think about it because I think maybe in the last few years I think I've seen it used twice, maybe three times, 
but it's yeah. actually quite a useful spell. It's like if you're about to die and you're, you know, if you could, if you have that spell on hand, like you could save everybody. But uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, no, it's a really underused spell in fifth edition. People used to use it quite a bit, I think, more in the beginning of D and D. Um, so then the elves as well have a four-hour trance instead of the eight-hour sleep for a long rest, which is very useful. They're often can be used as the sentinels while the party rests, especially yeah. if you have two of them, it's ideal. Um, elves can speak common and elvish. And then the high elves, actually high elves and wood elves both have proficiency in long swords, short swords, short bows, and long bows, which I love because I have a favorite wizard elf character who uses a sword um, which I love. Again, it's sort of a Gandalf. It's like Gandalf using a sword, but also having all this magical ability. Right. Um, high elves get a bonus to intelligence. They get a wizard cantrip, which can be very useful, and they get an extra language. Um, by in comparison, the wood elves get a plus one to wisdom. Um, they their speed is a bit faster, thirty five feet. So the fastest race actually of the base ones which can be very helpful. Um, and then they have the ability to hide in natural phenomena. Um, yeah, which is a really, I think, a big bonus. So general pros, um, a lot of people like the mystery and the grace of elves, uh, the magical qualities. Um, a lot of people enjoy forest settings for adventures. It's, again, archetypal. The forest represents the unconscious, so you go there to sort things out. And um, yeah, they're very popular. What other pros can you think of in terms of the elves? Well, I mean, the, the the best thing I can think of for a pro for an elf is is like when I was a kid. How, how you could cast uh, a lot more spells than you know a human would be able to, even if they were a wizard. Um, but I think the the pros that I like about these characters is that there is, especially with Wood Elves, you're going to be able to uh, use the Mask of the Wild, which I've used a bit, uh, because mm -hmm. sometimes you want to have a stealth check, and it's, I'm going to be even far more stealthy if we're in this particular environment. Uh, those kinds of, of feats, uh, not, not really feats, they're, they're more... Uh, Features. Features, thank you. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's basically a thing that, depending on the adventure you're going in, like if you're going into a dungeon, uh, the Wood Elf, for example, would have no benefit to that, unless there's an well, underground they, they can move quickly. Well, that too. I mean, that's definitely going to be a huge bonus in a lot of cases, especially when uh, we've had characters die uh, because other characters couldn't, had, like they ran out of spell slots or they had some sort of issue where they couldn't get to them. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, um, but definitely I like that idea. And, uh, and the thing in the, in the note that we have for the show is that elves live in small villages. What? I that don't, makes, I don't right. understand. That makes no sense. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think like that makes sense for the wood elves and they're not as plentiful usually as the high elves and. I think some high elves that would make sense, but it, they've they've just explained in the player's handbook how this is a a grand race and you know they have kingdoms and if you look at the art it's like of a big forest city, and then they say they live in small villages usually doesn't make sense. Lothlorien I think like a certain amount small. of elves, sure. Sorry, 
<laughs> La Florian is not small. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's huge. Exactly. But, but yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, I just, that just makes the, that just blows my mind. I, I have no memory of reading that in the player's handbook, but wow. Yeah, um, it's well. There are some things that are pretty funny. Like the uh, there is a new idea, and it might happen in five point five Dungeons and Dragons, the next edition, where they're going to detach these racial modifiers and connections in terms of the mechanics away from all the races. So, in other words, elves can't have a bonus to intelligence anymore. A high elf, a wood elf, couldn't have. Uh, maybe they couldn't even have that speed anymore. They're just going to make, they're basically trying to make all the races the same. That's what ends up happening. And um, saying that there shouldn't be anything connected to their race, which is actually not a race. It's just a species. And it's a made up creature in a fantasy world, <laughs> you know? I, and um, I, that surprises me that that is a thing because. Yeah. If you're an orc and you're eight feet tall and you're built like a brick house. And you punch a human who's, you know, five foot two. How, I mean, unless they come up with some sort of creative way where you could, in theory, have a bit more of a mix and a match, maybe like, oh, I'm going to be an orc and oh, I've got this list of, of traits that I could choose. I mean, possibly that would work. But if they're trying to change these characters to, or the, these, I mean, I mean, I like to call them species more often than races because mm -hmm. if you are a what what is the species like the uh, I can never pronounce it the cat species, like oh like tabaxi, yeah tabaxi. I would not look at that character and be like, that is a brick house kind of character rather opposed to the orc or a dragonborn. You know, be, you know, you sure you could be a, a barbarian or something with that character, but ultimately, it's a very different structure it's a very different type of character as opposed to one that's more bulky you know I, well yeah and then think of dwarves too right they're gonna they get a bonus for constitution because they're very sturdily built and they they live in you know difficult terrain and they do hard work you know they're miners and they're you know hiking through the mountains and it just a makes, rabbit is the same as a goat like it a, just doesn't a goat make, on a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I believe they're going to tie these things all more to classes, which again doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I after a while, working really yeah. well. After a while, I could see how certain things could be, you know, because of the training you had or your experience, then maybe you could get a bonus in certain things, which is basically ability score improvement. That's sort of what it's like. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an odd odd choice. Um, I don't think there's. I mean, I love elves. Most most of my characters have been elves or half elves. I I, I guess the only con is if you want to fall too much into the stereotype, not the archetype, but the stereotype of what you know. If you want to play Legolas every single time and you don't change him. Um, yeah. I guess that that might be a con. Or some people might see their aloofness as a negative where I don't I don't really mind it. No, neither do I. I mean, and that's the thing with like the pros and cons of, of some of these uh, different characters is that the 
if you choose an elf versus a human, it's you know they're 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 similar, but they are going to have those different traits, and they're going mm-hmm. to have those kinds of things. But you could also have a human that's more aloof than the average elf. Sure. Uh, so you're not going to have. This is what bothers me about this this idea that they want to change the way that species are dealt with because if they are trying to cater to, I guess, making it more equal across the board, I mean, I can see that, and sure, okay, we all want to have characters that are relatively equal, but um, there's better ways to deal with it. And, and I think that uh, attacking how the stereotype part you know, where you pick, I mean, this is why I've picked halflings and made them barbarians Mm -hmm. because it's kind of silly, but at the same time, if you have a a halfling who's just rocketing through dragonborns, just, you know, with good rolls or whatever, um, that could happen. Like I I don't Mm want to play that sort of character trope, you know, where, you know, you have like characters in, in Dragonlance where you have, um, you know, the, the, the halflings now are, are basically said to be, most of them are going to be some sort of roguelike character. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be somewhat crazy and they're going to do these kinds of things. But that's not really about that. You know, it's just, it just bothers me. But <laughs> it, all, all of this bothers me because I, I disagree with it because um, you may as well start ripping up literature of all kinds and all over the world because there's going to be tropes and stereotypes and things that i mean that's the brilliant part about rolling a character whether it's an elf or whether it's a human you need to challenge yourself to try and make them unique that because that's kind of the point of role playing is that you go okay i've got these characters and i'll just spice it up a bit differently and do that i mean the tabaxi monk, I think uh, we had a, a player in, in your game that, that did that. And that was brilliant because it was like, oh, you know, monks are supposed to be like these nimble kind of, you know, mm-hmm. flurry of blows. I'm going to punch you to death kind of characters. But you add the species traits of a tabaxi to that. And suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, of course you can jump 75 feet high. What? Really? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm exaggerating. But yeah, you yeah, have these yeah. sorts of things that kind of benefit if you choose that 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 species and add that class to it but maybe you know you play a character the character's got like a torn hamstring ah oh, i can't jump at all anymore <laughs> i got injured a couple of years ago and now i so i have to roll every time i try and climb something i'm at disadvantage because players can do that you can say hey dm yeah. my character's my character's got this you know compound fracture that's never healed quite right you know what can we do something in the story with that? You know, where suddenly like I have to try and overcome that or so, you know? It, yeah. Anyway. Cause it's yeah, a I game. Think, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's a game, but if you, you know, you stray too far from the archetype, you stray too far from some core parts of that species or race, whatever you want to call it. Um, you, de- you just start losing definition and you don't really have a character anymore. And everybody oh, exactly. just becomes a furry creature who can cast spells, you know? which gets it's not a very interesting game anymore or story you heard it here first there's a new class coming furry (laughs) imagine if uh, like the fellowship of the ring was just like you know nine or whatever nine furries just meeting around that table right you know you've got my tail boring that would be 
<laughs> um, all right. So um, what classes have we played uh, ourselves as elves? Um, I have a funny story with my first elf I played in fifth edition. I came up with this great catchphrase, this great background. He was a bard, I believe. And I hadn't played in the fifth edition yet. I'd only DM'd. And first session, I played my new character. <laughs> he kills the big bad evil guy near the end of the adventure, but his minions kill him. And I roll a one on the death uh -oh. saves to die. <laughs> so that great... That great character that I made now is in our Monsters of the City book. I put him in there. His name's Serious nice. Moonlight uh, with his catchphrase, let's get serious. That's right. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was something. Uh, <laughs> the first time I ever played a character that was just an elf wasn't a half elf was a character named maggie and they were a <laughs> i'm embarrassed by this but it was a ranger that refused to wear clothing <laughs> because I was I was playing I was trying to come up with like unique ways of having ideals and flaws and things like that, and the, one, the flaw that I picked from a, a homebrew table mm -hmm. was nudist, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna roll with that. So the character basically ran around uh, almost in the nude uh, to try and be invisible it was a ridiculous thing but that was the very it was either before that it was just the half elf or it was the nudist elf running around in in the woods and yeah it was nice. embarrassed by that what you needed what you need is what happens in skyrim if you don't have clothes on the npcs start saying hey you can't walk around like that have a good dinner do they really i've never really? encountered that i had no oh, idea yeah, yeah. because course, sometimes i always you have armor like so you, you change into uh, armor or you sell something and then all of a sudden you, you know, you realized, of course you're not. Yeah. So anyway, the NPCs start going, you can't walk around like that. I think the guards might even walk by and say that. So my other, my other elf character awesome. I played in fifth edition is also kind of a goofball because he was a wood elf wizard who thought he was smarter than everyone else. And he would use maximum, he was an evocation wizard, evocation, school of evocation. So he would use these massive attack spells and then he would just sneak off. So my favorite was when we were going through this sketchy temple in the Princes of the Apocalypse, the uh, elemental evil cults, and everything in there was evil. So there was a door nearby and I just opened up the door and the DM said, uh, Jay said, you see like 12 skeletons, I think. And I said, I cast <laughs> fireball and I close the door and I walk away whistling. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he would do that multiple times. He would cast some major spell like lightning bolt or fireball or whatever. And I would, and then he would just take off 
you know, in every direction. And actually, that was the character I had too, the elf who could use a sword, a long sword. So that was his weapon, which was fun to have a wizard nice. who had a terrible armor class, um, had massive attack spells, and used a sword. This is the nice thing about the about any of these characters is that you forget that they're an elf. You forget that they're a human. You forget that they're all those things because if you play them long enough or you play them well enough, they are actually individuals. And it to me, oh, yeah. it becomes irrelevant of where they're from. Exactly. And and it's so sad that, that I guess Wizards is trying to rectify a problem that I don't think exists, uh, yeah. which is really unfortunate because... I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't go that direction because that is just sad. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it makes for less interesting stories, less interesting characters, less interesting monsters. Um, but the great thing is that since the game began, the company who who puts out the majority of the the resources for it, those are just guidelines, and every, every table can do whatever they want. So if you want to play more um you know these different species that have unique characteristics and you want to play traditional fantasy you can do it you know That's we true, always talk I mean, about there are... game that we play basically we're playing first edition with fifth edition rules yeah exactly and that's actually well, it's kind doing. of like they they want to push people away from you know playing their system of of, of how they do things but whatever who knows time well yeah we have lots of choice um you know that's yeah there might even be a movement to like i know they've they've had a movement consciously for the last few adventures to have encounters and i'm pretty sure the fey the entire fey campaign they put out this year can be completely non-combat which you know for our group we've played for almost seven years we play every we play probably two to four times a month over that time we've had two sessions that were completely role-playing because that is what happened in the story yeah exactly uh but for me a fun story has action and for me a fun mashup for DD is lord of the rings and guardians of the galaxy like bring in like some traditional fantasy but then have some humor and have fun and action and so i know there's a lot of groups that do a lot of role playing um and that's you know that's just that there's different tables and then they can there can be tables that do a lot of combat as well exactly and i mean the, the combat stuff if it would be if it was combat heavy like i've, I've played campaigns and that have been every single session is some sort of incredibly large battle that takes three hours to resolve. That gets a bit trying because then you're like, and I'm bored now because my character, who cares what my character's catchphrase is if he's just busy trying to stab a dragon in the face and, and the dragon's trying to eat him at the same time. You know, mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing can drag. I think that just kind of creates a bit of a, uh, I don't know. Just it just makes a game feel long. At least in my experience, that's kind of how I feel about it. But if you have a mixture and a nice balance that way, where you're able to like look at your character, uh, play your character, you're able to uh, recognize that they are 
class X and they are species Y, uh, what kind of cool things can come out of that? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and make it and make it interesting. That's that's the best part is yeah. just making it interesting because it's like everything, you know, if you repeat the same thing over and over again, everyone as a player or even a DM are going to be like, oh, the party wants to do this again, do they? OK, well, yeah here is a beholder that just sort of sprung out of the ground. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people, I think you're right. I think most people want some variety and um, I know people do. There are people who love to fight the entire night and I don't mind it too much personally, um, but I still want to have a story. I still want to have some mystery. I still want to have politics and relationships and um, shopping trips (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> trips to the pub. politics and shopping trips and pub yeah. rule pub crawl so it's not that actually we did a pub crawl game. once didn't we in, in, in one of the games that you ran we, we uh i think it was last year we did a pub crawl for like half of the session oh and yeah it was like let's go to this pub let's go to the next pub let's go to the next pub i've forgotten why we were doing it but it was kind of fun actually once in a while just to yeah. kind of get off the beaten path yeah <laughs> yeah and then i have to get really creative about what's on the menu for each I have to make sure I have to refer to my lists I have and come up with new kinds of mead and I have to come up with a new kind of barmaid or server or innkeeper barkeep. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And then, as we said tonight, you know, two of your choices for characters are humans and elves. And then we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the other uh, the other races in the game. Definitely. And we've all. You know what's fascinating? We've had this conversation and it's just gone by just like that. I was just yeah. looking at the timer going, oh my God, have we really been talking that long? But <laughs> but thank you for coming back. Uh, thank everyone who has been listening and has been watching the, the videos. Uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing. Don't forget to do all of those social things. Talk to us online uh, and also uh, subscribe and all that stuff too, which, you know, let's have some fun. And then that's, and we'll, we'll keep talking. And thank you again, Andrew, for coming. Thank you. Bye, everybody.